If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hey, g'day and welcome. How's your day going? Uh, certainly Donald Trump's day is doing pretty darn well, the Iowa caucus. Now, that's one that he actually lost at one point, and uh, he was really counting on a win, but not just a win, a substantial win with more than 50% of the vote. Seems like that has happened. It was a surefire victory. I don't think anybody doubted he was going to win. The question was, by what margin? And of course, the margin that you win by, especially when it is from the get-go, is going to set some momentum moving forward for you and certainly send a message to the other candidates and not just those you're running against in your own party, but those, of course, in the Democrats. Of course, there's only going to be one uh, according to any uh, any credible sources, that's Joe Biden in the Democrats. So it's going to be whoever versus Joe Biden. But so far looking very good for Donald Trump. And it was a bit of a battle for second. And if Nikki Haley would have got that, I personally would have been devastated. I don't trust her as far as I could throw her. Now, you could argue with the exception of somebody like Rand Paul or his dad, Ron Paul, I could say that of pretty much any of these candidates. But uh, it comes down to how much do you not trust them and and who do you trust least and who do you trust more? And quite uh, frankly, Nikki Haley doesn't fit the bill as a conservative, just like I thought um, that uh, Kennedy, I thought Kennedy should never have been in the, in the Democrats. And of course, he will be running. Um, but uh, as an independent, basically, he won't be in the Democrats, certainly won't be in the Republicans, which is a shame because he always seemed like he was... Uh, a good fit for that particular party. But yeah, uh, Nikki Haley losing out, coming third behind Ron DeSantis. Um, and again, me personally, I think I would rather have a Ron DeSantis there, but uh, not likely. It's not a likely outcome. Uh, it's all going to be Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, and we'll see how that goes. But he'd be very, very uh, happy. He gave a bit of a shout out to his wife, Melania, for all her support. She lost her mum in the last few days. So that was very sad as well. He did mention that, but uh, certainly it's on. It's on for young and old, and we'll be finding out how that pans out. But he'll be, this will probably be, if he gets up the third time that he has won the presidential uh, vote in the primaries and get getting a chance to go to the election to win, unfortunately, getting ripped off, literally getting ripped off at the last one. And if you don't think that uh, you may disagree with me, but I'm telling you, you need to watch that movie, uh, 2000 Mules, the documentary, because there's no way, absolutely no way. I don't know why they haven't got a mathematician or a statistician to get on there and get those odds of those postal votes, you know, and the postal voting system is how they're doing it. It is absolutely how they're rigging these elections, and it should be absolutely for nobody, unless you are severely disabled, you should have to apply for it every year. But no, historically, if you ever applied for a postal vote and you gave them a reason, they assume that reason is going to uh, be the case forever, and you just automatically get sent a ballot out. And of course, don't forget uh, some states in particular allowing you under certain circumstances to print off your own ballot sheet. What could possibly go wrong when election time comes around? But of course, we're jumping the gun a bit there, or I am. Uh, we have to uh, hope that Donald Trump wins the primaries. I would say he is a shoo-in. I would imagine it will be uh, exactly as per the last election, just hopefully without the rigging. That would be very nice, but uh, I dare say they will double down on their efforts. You don't need to be popular these days. You just need to have a bunch of mules working for you, and let's hope that is not the case. And let's hope uh, that the Republicans are very vigilant 
and do their job. Because if you are vigilant, if you keep an eye out, you could probably keep that to a minimum. But wouldn't it be nice to have votes that had some sort of watermark, some sort of check mark, a barcode on them that you could verify and check that it got there, that it was only counted once. This whole thing in government, they have tabs on you electronically in every way, shape or form. But when it comes to the most important thing, many could argue, in your country, that is who gets to lead it, Wow, we're going back 100 years, pencil to paper quite often. And, uh, well, we know what happens when you do the electronic voting. It's only as good as those who implement it. And, of course, if you question that, you might find yourself or your company getting a, a billion-dollar fine, you're losing your job. Tucker Carlson, for example, uh, despite him, what he's saying, might be uh, quite valid. You don't know. But certainly uh, it's where the money is. And I'll tell you what, what I, why I say where the money is. You could basically do the same thing. And depending on who you do it to, there may be consequences and there may not. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about Raymond and Barbara Edwards. Now, these couple, this elderly couple in their 70s, I do believe, they keyed a couple of cars up in a Brisbane car park, a BMW and a Tesla. Now, when they got caught, because they're imbeciles and they don't realise that every Tesla is covered in cameras. I mean, every the rear vision mirrors have a camera. There is not one angle on that Tesla you can touch and not get caught. And uh, it gets uploaded to the cloud. So, you know, it wouldn't matter if the Tesla went up in flames, the information, it's already out there. Um, and this couple said after they got caught on the Tesla's uh, cam footage, I can't call it a dash cam because it was one of the side mirror cams, so but one of the many cameras on the Tesla. Um, this couple said it was in response to a road rage incident, but no, they keyed two cars, two cars, a BMW, and the Tesla. And of course, they said it was in uh, relation to them being cut off by two vehicles. When have you ever had uh, a road rage incident or been angry with two drivers at once who have both cut you off? I mean, I can't even imagine how that happens. I mean, I can imagine some circumstance where there might be a couple of drivers, but that certainly doesn't seem to ring true. But of course, uh, the police sergeant, Josh Kelly, didn't seem to care, suggesting that all they probably should have done was uh, pay. So the insurance company didn't have to, two and a half grand for the BMW, 1,800. And of course, when this actually did go to court, uh, guess what? No convictions were recorded. And when it comes to keying people's cars, I'm aware of an incident that happened down at, I think, Long Getty, so, between a couple of people I knew and this idiot who went and keyed the other girl's car was caught on the cameras at the pub and same thing, went to court. The judge said um, to the police, do you have the information that uh, pertains to how much damage was done? The police didn't bring the information, despite that information being supplied to the police. So the judge decided, or the magistrate decided, to throw that out of court. Why am I telling you all this? A, because I hate people who key cars, Raymond and Barbara Edwards, grubs their, their relatives, shielding them uh, as they left the court so that they wouldn't get any more uh, flack on social media. But if you go and do something that I would suggest is far less harmful to your local woolly store, like you just paint on it, and typically that paint on windows comes off very, very easily, and it's not that big a deal. But of course, the people, or what the guy, the one guy, it's happened to two woolly stores now, one guy uh, using a flare, a flare as well. But the other guy who didn't use a flare, the one who simply painted five days uh, 26th January, Aussie, 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 oi, 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 Woolies, F-U. Yeah, and I, I concur with that last part. Um, this guy got caught, and probably on a camera as well, and he's going to have to go to court, and I bet you he doesn't get off, and that's the point. It all depends on what you do and who you do it to. I would say keying to luxury cars 
is far worse than spray painting a very un-Australian business who doesn't have your back. And by the way, people who are especially angry with Woolworth, don't forget Aldi has done this as well. And Kmart's been doing it historically now. So boycott them as well. I think that would be absolutely terrific if you did that. Now, if you've missed your favourite TNT radio or show uh, interview, then you can listen back or watch back wherever you want from where Ever you are, just visit the episodes page on the TNT website. We are also on all of the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. So there is absolutely no reason now to miss out on anything here at today's News Talk TNT. Talk that matters. For once, we just need to do what's best for this damn country and not what's best for the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It is at this point that I'm joined by the wonderful Gemma Cooper. Gemma Cooper, how peed off would you be if somebody keyed your car? I, I assume you have a car. And if, if you do, how peed off would you be? Oh, yeah, I do have a car. <clears throat> Certainly not a top-of-the-range BMW, but I love it. I love my Fiat 500. It's a really <laughs> cool little thing and the little cockpit. They're really designed for girls, I think, those cars. I just love it. Yeah, if somebody touched my car, I'd go, mad, it's mine. I've paid for it. Um, I'm more impressed with the guy who did the Woolies thing, though. You know, he just said it like it is. Aussie, 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 oi, 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 F you Woolies. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's it does what it says on the painting, that one, doesn't it? But, yeah, you're right, though. You've made a very good point. Don't go up against vandalizing the corporations. No, he'll, he'll get a real slap down from the courts for that one. But when you're destroying someone else's personal private property that they've worked hard to afford and to buy, oh, don't worry about that. That's just the little people at the bottom. But you start attacking the corporations, they will make an example of you. So be interesting to see what the courts do with that guy. Yeah, Aussie, 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 oi, 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 F you, Woolies. He's far more Australian than Woolies has ever likely to be. And again, it's a bit like the ULES guys. You know, I really um, don't mind what they're doing. And of course, the, uh, the the farmers over there in Germany at the moment, and I will be talking to Dirk Palman later uh, in this hour about that and find out what they're up to over there. But yeah, certainly when it comes to people doing that and then no conviction record recorded, which means they can technically go and do that again. And it will be as if they've done it for the first time and you can't disclose that information in a court. I, I think that's just absolutely crazy. I think at least record the incident. I mean, you can do a, a section 556A where um, it would be much more appropriate. But yeah, I, I just don't think that's fair. I think it sends a very bad message to people who want to go on key cars and uh, apparently not much of a consequence, but yes, they will be paying those damages, and I, and I hope that it's uh, substantial, about four or five grand. Yeah, that's exactly how it should be, you know, and it, it's those incidents in society that lead to people thinking, well, I'm just going to take justice into my own hands, like in this country, the ULES guys, you know, taking down the cameras in London, the ultra low emission zone cameras and just saying, well, we, you know, you're not listening, so we'll do it ourselves. And, you know, it is it, when it comes to your own personal private property, it, it, it does, it does generate anger. It does make you think, well, who cares then? Who cares? I'll have to stand up for myself. That's where that, that's where that goes. That's the logical end to decisions like that. And you have to sort of think, is that done on purpose to make us angry and hate each other when really if we're the ones at the bottom the 99 percent, we should be united against those who are in control of us I, I i do wonder about things like that that keep us at each other's throats and dividing us i i am a big believer there's a bigger picture at work here but that's just my opinion that's just my opinion well it's a fantastic opinion and that's why we get you on here Gemma, because we appreciate it more than you might imagine and you've got some news for us today as well 
Yeah, well, you talked about elections. Obviously, you know, there's loads of elections this year and we're facing one in the UK. Obviously, America's gearing up for for its one. Will Trump win? Will he not? Let's see. It certainly looks like he's going to. Um, but yeah, in, in the UK, we're facing an election and Rishi Sunak has had a very busy week in the House of Commons already as he tries to cling on to power and restore the Conservative Party's reputation. There was a poll done where the results were out yesterday and it looks like the Tories could be wiped out um, in the election this year or January next whichever they just whenever they decide to call the date um if that happens if they only retain 169 seats it could spell the end for the conservative party full stop um much like the liberal democrats uh, lost power decades ago after the second world war they were the biggest force and now they're kind of the also rounds so uh the the rwanda bill today is is back on the table yesterday he addressed the commons to defend military action in Yemen last week with America. And today it's and tomorrow. It's the it's the second reading of this Rwanda bill. It passed the first stage just before Christmas. There was a massive hullabaloo. It dominated all the headlines. It's dominating the headlines this morning here in the UK. Some could argue it's a distraction technique. It's looking more and more like it is a distraction technique because nothing's ever come to the table really with Rwanda. I mean, the deal was signed to uh, stop people coming in on the small boats. It's the deterrent back in 2022. The plan being, you arrive in this country on a small boat, we'll deport you straight to Rwanda, they will deal with you and we'll have nothing to do with you. You're not coming in. Um, it caused a furore at the time um, and it, the plane was ready to go allegedly, but the European Court of Human Rights stepped in and said it was unlawful as did the Supreme Court. So they've toughened up the bill to make it lawful and it has its second reading today. However, some MPs, about 60 Conservative MPs, say this doesn't go far enough. They want more amendments to this bill before it goes through. Um, they want to make it very difficult for people coming in to cite per certain personal circumstances that will stop them being deported to Rwanda. And they want to stop injunctions like the European Court of Human Rights when it stepped in in 2022. Uh, so he's facing something of a rebellion, which he doesn't want in a general election year. Um, but it's almost like a, I'll just use a personal example near me. Well, it, where I live, actually, there was um, a disused railway station. And it was shut by Dr. Beeching in the 1960s when they did this huge round of railway cuts. It was a stupid decision, very short-sighted. And now there, there have been plans for the last, what, 20 years to reopen this railway station. And everybody wants it. So whenever there's an election year, what comes back onto the table? The railway station. Yay, we're going to open the railway station. It hasn't <laughs> opened. It's never going to open. Every every election, oh, we'll definitely bring back the railway station. This Rwanda bill is starting to look a little bit like that because it generates lots of headlines. Immigration is a massive issue here, as it is everywhere. And I know it's a big issue for you guys. Um, and it's 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 got a lot of kind of uh, controversy around it. Apparently, Rwanda's only got room for a few hundred uh, asylum seekers, not a few thousand. It looks like a very kind of... Uh, glossily packaged issue. Nothing's happened except that the, the the 47 immigrants that were due to go to Rwanda in 2022 before the plane was stopped, they've been in a hotel ever since at a cost to the taxpayer, the 47 of them. So that nothing's actually happened. It's just a lot of um, energy generating headlines. But it is going to dominate the House of Commons today and tomorrow. We'll see if the, the rebellion vote against it. We'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, an election year is coming. This is a story that's going to keep coming back and coming back and coming back. Not a single plane has taken off yet. Whether it ever will, much like my little railway station, I doubt it. But we'll see where it goes. Well, wouldn't that be nice? And of course, you know, you said uh, they're clinging on to power. What I heard was they're going to pretend to be conservative for a while in a last ditch effort to save the Tories. I would love for the, you know, the pretend half of the duopoly to, to just completely fail because then all conservatives would have to go to actual conservatives. Uh, good luck finding any that haven't been tainted. 
these days, but of course they do exist and you have to go looking for them, but that's terrific. And I was writing down a couple of things on my to-do list because if that Rwanda bill ever does get into power, I'll have to do two things. A, reapply for my recently relinquished British citizenship and get a pilot's license because I would love that job. I would love to do that personally. I would get a great deal. I would do that for free, a particular job. What a, a great job. Yeah, I'd really get a lot of satisfaction out of that, Jim. I think I'm just caught up in that. Have you got a you got a pilot's license? Have you? Oh, I've 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 I started getting one years ago. Um, back when I, I made uh, a bunch of money, I had an internet company, and I'd go out with my mate. I did I've like three quarters of the way through it. One of those things I've always intended to finish, and I, I live ten minutes away from a local airport, and I've made inquiries recently. So uh, yeah, I, I am gonna I'll have one by the end of next year, I would imagine. But I would love to. Uh, uh, if if I. If I could fly that particular plane, I would love to fly these people back to Rwanda and get them a, an expedited trip, if you will. Well, you know what, Dean? Stranger things have happened. And we're talking about people taking the law into their own hands and standing up for themselves and just taking direct action. Why not? Why not give Rishi a call and say, look, mate, I'm the man for the job. <laughs> Stranger things have happened, eh? Stranger things have happened. I, I think I'd be likely to drop him off there as well. I don't think he's uh, too popular in the UK. Maybe he could take over Rwanda and ruin that place as well, put up some cameras with a bunch of his mates and do all the rest of it. Uh, Gemma, appreciate you very much. And, of course, you'll be back here uh, next hour, I do yes, believe. that's yeah. right, with... With, with Sonia Poulton, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting used to, to the new schedule. But yeah, Gemma will be back this time next hour, so uh, about 10 minutes earlier. So thank you, Gemma. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And uh, coming up after the break, we're going to do part two of that interview I did yesterday with Jerry Gray, a former British police officer. And he's the guy that said, you know, they're painting China in a very bad light. And I suggested that was the case with not just them, but other countries. But we're going to talk about how that's going to affect the recently elected and uh repeated uh, Taiwanese government that's just after the most recent election. And we'll find out how China's going to react to that. And of course, to all of those who have advocated for it, uh, it's going to be a bit of a you know what show, but we'll find out what they're doing right after this. TNT's Patrick Henningsen. Hamza Dahoud was the eldest son of the Gaza Bureau for Al Jazeera, while Dahoud who previously lost other family members in the Israeli bombing raid. And we would say that this is probably, in terms of conflicts, uh, this many journalists have been lost, uh, killed, injured in the whole of the Second World War, and that lasted uh, a number of years. And only in the last three months are we scraping 100 on the uh, journalist uh, fatality list, which is coming Fast and Furious out of Gaza. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT. Our beautiful world is changing, withering, dying by the hands of those who don't value nature, even though we all depend on it for life itself. But there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands, heal our waters, and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide. But every day we lose more of the places we love and we urgently need to save endangered lands, waters and wild species. The actions we take today will determine the tomorrow we leave to our children and grandchildren. The water they drink, the air they breathe, the beauty they experience. 
To learn more about how you can help protect and conserve our beautiful world, visit nature.org today. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live. And welcome back to the program. Yeah, they don't want you to like China. They want you uh, to dislike them. They want to demonize them. Anything that you consider the Chinese did to you that's bad, they didn't do. Your government allowed it. It was an offer too good to refuse. So remember that next time you do bag the Chinese because I'd rather be their friend than their enemy. That is certainly for sure. And especially when the only enemies that I'm aware of are those who are advocating for things that are not going to benefit our kids in our own country. They're the ones I think we need to worry about imminently. And when you have China wanting to, some say, annex or re-annex, one might imagine Taiwan, I don't see that's a bad thing. And uh, I would certainly, if I was someone in Taiwan, I would rather be a part of that and have our our kids' assets protected forever and all time moving forward than to have uh, this Western economy style thing where everything gets sold off, everything gets taken over. And that's probably what they're going for. So when uh, Lai Ching Ti uh, has, um, or she won, sorry, uh, won, he won, I should say, uh, the recent election and for the, oh, sorry, I'm just trying to find my notes here. For the pro, there it is, pro-sovereignty, democratic, progressive party. The Chinese weren't too happy. They'd spoken to other countries and they had suggested you are not to get involved. You're certainly not even to advocate for it. You're not even allowed to congratulate them if they win. But they did. They all did, including Joe Biden. In fact, the Americans are going to send some people over to uh, go and congratulate them in person. And the Chinese, not very happy. In fact, they were made a promise by the US that they would not do that. And of course, that promise immediately broken post that particular win. Jerry Gray has been living for 18 years in China, knows it very, very well. A former British police officer. We spoke to him yesterday about how much they go out of their way to demonize the Chinese. And we're going to find out how this Taiwanese election and their win He's dropped out, but we will get him back. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Internet. The Internet uh, plays up from time to time. Yeah, when, when we do get him back on, he's going to uh, tell us exactly how that's likely to affect uh, Taiwan, the Chinese. And again, the thing that we are con- increasingly told, and we did touch upon this yesterday, is that the Chinese are absolutely hell-bent on doing this and the Taiwanese are hell-bent on becoming a part of China again. And that may not certainly be the case, certainly not to the extent that we are led to believe. And ask yourself this question. If you were in Taiwan, you have a look at the Western world, you have a look at the madness, the lunacy that we are now dealing with on a day-to-day basis. And China typically not buying into any of that nonsense, or not a lot of it. They did buy into the COVID thing, but apart from that, they don't tend to be buying into into much of it. And how would you feel? Which which country would you like to be annexed by? Would you like to rule? Uh, would you like to be sovereign? Or would you like to go under the umbrella and be protected, be part of the new BRICS part of the world? I don't know. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't, but certainly um, I'm going to find out imminently off Jerry Gray. We love your thoughts in chat. And of course, uh, a lot of people writing in there. I'm just reading up on EV cars. Did you know it costs around $12,000 for a new battery for an EV car? What about that story? There- there's a story, I think it's a Hyundai, if I'm not mistaken. This Hyundai drove down a gravel road and the undercarriage that protects the battery was uh, scored. I'll use the word scored. Had a few scuffs, if you will. Apparently, there's a hole in it, a little bit bigger than they would like. The Hyundai dealer suggesting that the cooling system for the battery is now cactus. Okay, well, replace the cooling system, replace all of that. So they're going to build. It's one of those jobs. 
They can't say no. They have to fix your car. So there's the, yes, here's a bargain price. Then there's the FU price. And they got the FU price, and that was $60,000. And if I'm not mistaken, that was 60000 Canadian dollars. So probably about on par the last time I checked with the Australian dollar, so maybe 40,000 US dollars, somewhere around there. I'd have to check that uh, to find out what the exchange rate is with Canada at the moment. But that's where it happened. They went from dealer to dealer. They uh, tried it on and that kept coming back. And of course, uh, Hyundai trying to throw the dealers under the bus for all of that. But absolutely, that was not the case. So uh, how would you feel if you bought an electric car? It was about a year old and you got told that this thing wasn't going to be under warranty. All you'd done is puncture uh, a rather lackluster, uh, not overly well-protected plastic cover on your battery and get a 60000 Canadian dollar bill. It really, for those of you that hate EV vehicles, you must love that story. And, of course, despite the fact that they have been named and shamed in, in a huge way too, I might add, in an absolutely mega way, it's just gone viral on the internet, millions of views uh, of the telling and the retelling of that particular story, and it's just not working out too good for Hyundai. And um, that's the last electric vehicle uh, company that I would even consider after that particular story. You may feel the same. I have no idea. And of course, these charging stations uh, everywhere you go. I was at uh, Broadway Cinema the other week, and they've got some down there. They've got some electric vehicle charging stations, and every single one of them was was engaged. And then I checked the cars. Half of the cars in the EV parking uh, spots, because the car park was completely full, weren't even on charge. So there's got to be some sort of uh, uh, thing with that, doesn't there? I mean, that's the height of rudeness, one might imagine, just like the people that go and park in the disabled parking spots that don't have the disability sticker. So I, I could argue that that couple that like to go and scratch cars. <laughs> no, I won't advocate for that, but uh, I think you might know where I'm going in that particular link. I don't think we're having much luck getting getting Jerry Gray back. So we do have to go to a commercial break. We're about due and hopefully on the other side of it, we will have uh, got Jerry back. Otherwise, I'll talk about something else right here at today's News Talk TNT. We do have some big news. Listen up. Now, TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. Donald Trump has secured his first victory in the race for the White House after winning Iowa's caucuses in a landslide vote. Vivek Ramaswamy has pulled out of the race and endorsed the ex-commander-in-chief for president. It's been revealed China is experimenting with a new deadly coronavirus that's already proven to be 100% fatal in mice. And Apple has been dethroned as the world's most valuable company. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at this stats. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org.
Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. And welcome back. We got the gremlins out of Jerry Gray's computer. He's a former British police officer, someone that's uh, lived in China. We're going to talk about the possible, or I know China would love to annex Taiwan. Some would suggest the people of Taiwan don't want that. I don't. I don't know. We'll find out from Jerry Gray. Jerry Gray, is that the case? I don't think anybody wants to annex Taiwan. Taiwan actually is a province of China, and that's undisputed. I mean, they're, they're all people will say Taiwan's independent, Taiwan is diplomatically or, or politically different. There is no question about it until 1949, uh, certainly from 1945, after the Cairo Declaration, after a whole heap of different things. And from there onwards, there's been recognition of one China. Taiwan is part of China. Now, depending on your politics, you might say China is part of Taiwan, but there is only one China. And depending on your politics, 1.4 billion people say Taiwan is part of China, and about 25 to 30 million say China is part of Taiwan. That's the way it is. There is no, there is no independence. There never was. That there never will be an independent Taiwan. That's for sure. China will never allow that. They lost Hong Kong, they lost parts of Shandong, parts of Dalian, parts of Wuhan, parts of Shanghai. They lost all this when they were a very poor country. And uh, in terms of military and economy, they were very poor as well. So they lost a lot in the past. They call that the century of humiliation. They're not going to lose any more now. They will accept that the, the status quo is okay, but they will not accept an independent Taiwan. And at the same time, in Taiwan, a lot of people will not accept reunification with China. So what we have is, a, is an ambiguity that has been accepted for the last basically 70 years. But certainly since China was recognized as since the People's Republic of China was recognized as one China, it's existed since then. And that's we're getting on to 50 years of that now. So, Jerry, should we be looking at Hong Kong and the gradual uh, reintegration with China? And that's happening a lot more quickly than I, I'm guessing the media would have us believe the people of Hong Kong um, uh, would like. And just quickly, I would like to touch on Hong Kong, because is that some sort of an analogue to this situation? Would you on some level? 
they're, they're very different situations. Hong Kong was taken away during the Opium War or as a result of the Opium War by the British and colonized by another country. So it became part of the British Empire. Taiwan is part of China. It's an island like Hainan Island is a part of China. It's a separate province of China. It's its own county. And Kinmen Island is part of Taiwan County. So therefore, they're considered to be part of Taiwan as well the Taiwan province. Uh, it's a very different situation, but the way I view it, this is personal opinion, I, I think that the future holds a, a, a one country, three systems type of uh, alliance. That's, that's probably the way it's going to go. Uh, but ultimately, most people in Taiwan don't want independence. Most people in Taiwan don't want reunification. Most people in Taiwan want the status quo. And that's what this this election delivered for them quite clearly. I mean, a question, if we were to walk down the street in Taiwan and ask 100 people in quick succession, you know, what they would like, what sort of percentages would you have a guess uh, might answer one way as opposed to another? I don't need to guess. It's being polled. Probably about 80% would say, no, let's just stay where we are. Uh, a lot of people in Taiwan would like closer relationship with China, but don't want to be part of the communist China. And that's possibly because they don't really understand it. What China wants is to show how good it is on the mainland. And it really is. I mean, all the infrastructure, all, everything is very, very good. We talked about this before. Everything in China is very good. And the Chinese government want to show this. They're doing this for Hong Kong. They're integrating parts of Hong Kong into the mainland. And they have integrated parts of Taiwan into the mainland too. There's a free trade zone, uh, especially economic zone inside of Xiamen, which is uh, on the on the mainland, just on the opposite side of the Taiwan Straits. And there's very, very, I mean, there's about one, one and a half million Taiwanese people living on the mainland now. And there's only 25 million Taiwanese people. It's, it's a population about the size of Australia. And if you imagine the entire population of Adelaide lives in a different part of the country. That's the way to look at it. You, you, you're as likely to get Tas Tasmania going independent as you are getting Taiwan going independent. And the people don't want it. Now, we're certainly used to uh, the media uh, pushing certain levels of fear in regards to uh, them accomplishing something that they would like to happen. Um, how yeah. likely is an altercation between the US and China over Taiwan? Never. It's In my opinion, it's never going to happen. The US will not go to war over Taiwan. They will scorch earth Taiwan. They've already said this. This is written into their military plans. They will scorch earth Taiwan and leave it the same way that they've pretty much scorched earth Ukraine. They will not fight. The, the, there are no body bags going home over a small island. Now, what they really do want, America really want to have control, and they created control by creating democracy there. Democracy in Taiwan is not a Chinese system at all. It's an American-funded and an American-founded democracy that exists because America pays for it to exist. The National Endowment for Democracy created Taiwanese democracy. It's not a Chinese, a Chinese structure. Until 1987, Taiwan was completely autocratic far more autocratic than anything you will have experienced inside of China. Even the stuff you read about, uh, your, your viewers should really consider looking up something called the White Terror. This is what Taiwan was under the KMT. And this is why the, the, the when the democratic process was started by the Americans, they had to distance themselves from the KMT, so they created the DPP. 
And the DPP is basically, and I don't like to use this word puppet, but it is a government whose strings are controlled, or a party that the strings are controlled in America by the NED. The National Endowment for Democracy recognized Tsai Ing-wen with uh, the Democracy Award, the Global Democracy Award. The National Endowment for Democracy uh, funded something called the, uh, the Taiwan Dem Democracy Movement or Foundation, something like that. And they've done all this in the last 30 years. Taiwan didn't have a democracy until the 1990s. It was created by America so that they could do exactly what they're doing now, cause this conflict. And we talked about this before. As they cause this conflict, they're building up tensions in the region. They're getting Japan, they're getting Korea, they're getting Philippines. They want Australia involved in this. And of course, while they're doing all this, they're selling all of these people more weapons that they can use against an enemy that doesn't really exist. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, anybody listening in the UK, in America or here in Australia certainly wouldn't want their children to go and have to fight a war over Taiwan. I, mean, I don't think they'd uh, they'd want any part of it. Likewise, would they want uh, our kids fighting a war over in the Ukraine or a couple of the other conflicts that they've got going or are trying to fire up at the moment? And that's what the US do, unfortunately. And that yeah. machine, that military machine that is there. And just very quickly, I watched a terrific documentary on Hawaii um, last night. A, a lot of of things I had no clue about Hawaii. And of course, with uh, Pearl Harbor, it's it's just the most uh, advantageous military naval base and the positioning of it. But if they didn't have that, Taiwan also is a very important uh, military naval uh, thing to have. And of course, the US probably pushing for that advantage as well. Yeah, MacArthur, MacArthur described it as the unsinkable aircraft carrier in the Pacific Ocean. That's what Taiwan is to the American military machine right now. Mate, we, we need to wake up to all these things. And thank God for people like you, Jerry, who who is over there living. Uh, I hope you're living the dream, but mate, certainly living well over in China and, mate, and advocating for what is real, uh, not this fake narrative, this fake world that we seem to be living in. And if people just turned off the mainstream media, I think we'd have a far better idea of how the world really worked than if we tune we sure. in every day. We sure would. We sure would. Everything you've ever read, everything you've ever seen about China needs to be questioned. I, I, I didn't question it until I came here. And when I came here, my first day was, wow, this is different to what I expected. But it took me a couple of years to realize that it wasn't only just different to what I expected. I'd been lied about what to expect. Everything I knew about China, everything was wrong. Everything. It's it's not autocratic. It's not authoritarian. It's not dictatorial. It's not a surveillance state. It has no social credit score. All of the things that we're reading don't exist. They're, they're not true. There is, an, there is an explanation for all of them. There's about, I would say, there's a grain of truth in every single story, but that grain of truth has been misinterpreted. And you, the, the viewers, are being misinformed about China. I'm trying my best on on my YouTube channel to reinform people the correct way. But all I get, uh, I mean, I get hundreds of comments every day saying, "Thank God someone's doing this." But I also get about two or three percent of people saying, oh, "Who's paying you to say this?" The fact is, you come and have a look for yourself. It's much easier than it used to be. Come and have a look. I'll prove I'm right to you. It's very easy to prove. I, I love that's that. The, that's the answer. I couldn't have said it any better. If you doubt what Jerry's saying, get on a plane, go over there, see, see for yourself. And Jerry, in about a month's time, if we could get you back, I'd love to yeah. touch on all those things that you spoke about, the social credit scores, um, the response during COVID, for example, all those things and how we 
perceived that they were based on the fact that we listened to this media who, and it's funny because even a lot of the conservative people who would be 99% of the audience that listen to TNT, we know the media is BS, but we still fall for some of the false narratives that the media sell because it kind of, it kind of weighs into things that we are thinking and it kind of suits the way we'd like to think. But uh, mate, if it's okay. BS, I'd rather wipe it and have a much clearer perspective of how China and the world really works. And uh, I'm going to rely on you to provide that for us, Jerry. It's called the gel man effect. The fact that we can look at the media and we can read something and say, well, look at this, it must be true, it's in the news. But if we look at the media and it's telling us about something we're aware of and we know of, that gel man effect is saying, hang on, I can't believe anything this, this media tells me but then I believe everything this media tells me that I think I want to believe. That's, Jerry, that's what we're doing. Jerry Gray, I love your work, mate. Keep doing what, what you're doing. And mate, I we'll would suggest that your following will grow to immense proportions because the truth always sells. And uh, mate, you're doing it for all the right reasons. Other people that we spoke about yesterday are doing it for self-serving reasons and spreading uh, information that suits them uh, at the time. And you, you know, talk, we'll, we'll talk about him next time as well. Uh, Jerry Gray, appreciate you. And we'll talk again soon. Thanks again, Dean. Coming up after the break, Dirk Palman here at TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. The question isn't why globalist, Democrat Party mega donor, and Epstein Islander Reid Hoffman is providing so much financial support for Nikki Haley's campaign. The question is, why is Nikki taking the money? The answer, of course, is because Nikki's uniparty. She's GOPE to her core. She's for tearing down Confederate statues and changing Confederate flags. She's for digital ID, and she's absolutely against the principles of America First. She's against shutting down foreign wars. She's against shutting down our border. She's against all the things that make America great. See, the globalists allow us to have the illusion of choice. A few window dressing differences between the parties to stimulate people to cheer for Team Red or for Team Blue. But on the issues that really matter, the financial issues that matter to them, all these politicians are all the same, regardless of whether they have an R or a D after their name. We deserve better and we need to demand better. Nikki Haley should never be allowed near the levers of power ever again. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days, they haven't drank anything, they're cold, they're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent, everywhere I could see was mud. Just absolutely mud. You know, the country has been in prolonged for drought so long. It was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution, and we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into the unit and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... Uh, okay. And around the world. For any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution. One rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. Telling it as it is, this is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
And of course, my next guest, he's not just a guest, he's a co-commentator here at TNT, all the way from Berlin, Germany, Dirk Pollmann. He's been a journalist for 35 years. He's written and directed more than 25 documentaries for German and French TV. Uh, and they've aired in more than 30 countries, including the USA, UK, Russia, Canada, and here in Australia. Dirk's published on uh, video blogs and in various alternative media sites. And as I suggested before, he is one of our best hosts here at TNT. G'day, mate. How are you going? Yeah, I'm glad to be with you again. Yeah, it's always nice to be in Australia. I wish I could be there in person now. <laughs> well, mate, if you ever come over here, we've got a granny flat downstairs, mate. You're free to stay. Always welcome. <laughs> Now I'm Thank I'm excited. You. There's a couple of things that that have excited me. Uh, we're having a big protest about these anti-Australian companies that don't want to sell Australia Day merchandise here. We've got the ULES people cutting down all the cameras in the UK, and of course we've got the farmers over in Germany that are just uh, going gangbusters at the moment. Mate, keep us up. Get us up to date. What's happening over there with the protests? Yeah, it, it just stopped yesterday. Um, it was huge. It was really huge. Um, uh, I myself uh, just accidentally drove three times into what is called a blockade by the uh, by the farmers with their tractors, and there were a lot of thumbs up from the people. So it's not that people are annoyed; um, they, in a way, like it. Um, it is the situation. To explain it shortly, was that Germany set aside sixty billion euros. Um, in the during the COVID years for um, measurements to ease in what they call to ease the uh, financial situation to people. And then we had, of course, because of the Nord Stream pipeline, which was blown up, we are told here by some Ukrainians not related to the Ukrainian government. Yeah, it's a it's a complete fake story, of course. Yeah, um, everybody with a brain between his ears knows that uh, this was uh, an American operation, but uh, they rather don't talk about it. So uh, that created uh, a situation where all energy prices went up. Um, a lot of companies are going bankrupt. I know I just talked to somebody uh, who is in a very big German chemical company, and they will shut down uh, about a quarter of their uh, of their workforce. I mean, it's one of the oldest companies in Germany. They These companies because they're internationally, they will go to the United States because the United States offered uh, good uh, good conditions for them in terms of taxes. So we are uh, we are depleted by our industry because basically the German economic model was using cheap energy from Russia mostly um, and producing um, valuable uh, goods with that. Yeah, so it was uh, using the cheap energy, selling uh, uh, expensive stuff, and that made us uh, for some time uh, the world champion and, and experts. But we was we're still in among, let's say, the top five or something like that. Um, we're in an export country, but this is run down now by, by the situation because we there are sanctions against Russia. We do, we get our gas now, uh, for example, from the United States. Uh, it's much, <laughs> it's much. Uh, uh, we have to pay much more now for for that. That meant that uh, you had to pay more for your rental, and we went into um, an inflation by that. We are officially now in a, in, a, in an inflation situation now because uh, that also was bringing up the consumer prices and inflation. So for Everybody feels it here. Yeah, you go shopping, and then even if you go to a discounter, let's say usually I, 
had to pay something like 40 euros at the uh, at the cashier and now it's something like 70 so you wow. immediately you recognize that something and this is unusual for germany we are used to having low inflation rates well-run economy and so on so this is this is and the protest from the farmers is not was not only the farmers left um it is uh also people uh joined in by people from crafts and from transportation truck drivers and so on so it is uh there's uh really a lot of disappointment with the current government which is a coalition of the social democrats left party and the green party so it's on the left side of the spectrum and uh then there was this 60 billion which i told that which they wanted first for COVID, but then they simply wanted to shift them into climate measures and our constitutional court forbade that so it's not it's illegal and now um, they tried to sh uh, work around it and then for example there were uh, subsidiaries if you got an electric car that was stopped within days now uh, so no subsidiaries at all, which is uh, a problem also for companies. I mean, it's uh, one problem after the other. And um, then this, it's about 17 billion missing. And now they're cracking down on uh, social, uh, also all things concerning social security. And that was also for the farmers. For the farmers, it meant uh, they had to pay the taxes for diesel fuel. They use diesel fuel. And the, um, the taxes are meant to be because uh, the state has to maintain the roads. But the farmers don't drive on the roads usually, only when they're demonstrating now. They drive on the fields. And so uh, they got the money. The farmers got money back from those taxes, a high amount of taxes. I think it's about a 30% of the, of the price here for fuel is taxes. They got that back and now it was cut off. So they had all of that on it, uh, and they they didn't make very much money anyhow. Uh, it's not a profession where you don't know where to stuff your paper money <laughs> at home. Yeah, it's not really. So they were very. Uh, it was and uh, farmers are hands-on people, and uh, they don't take um, BS from from anybody. So. Uh, this started to erupt and then the government as i told you uh, last time where i was on there they tried to frame this protest into something that it was hijacked by uh, right-wing extremists and that is another situation um it's very strange what's happening here i can tell you um the afd which is the opposition right-wing party uh they got they are on the rise there uh, they left uh, the green party and especially the social democrats far far below uh, social democrats are in a, in a terrible situation which they've never been uh, since really they existed in germany which is something like uh, 150 years or so uh, but uh, um, right now it's really really very bad for them and so um, what we have now is a situation where the media they don't really report according to let's say simply as i do now what's going on and why it's happening they take sides they are on the side of the government most of the journalists are rather left-wing and uh, they report as if uh, it is uh not legal and not uh also not is uh, that it is Ill Ill illegitimate to do protests like that and that's of course nobody's hardly anybody is willing to take that we have organized demonstrations now on the other hand which go against this uh so-called right-wing insurgency 
in the United States, you had December 6th. We had a smaller version of that in Berlin, where allegedly people tried to storm the German parliament, the Reichstag. And uh, uh, since then, uh, the, the parties in government uh, took the chance to direct German interior intelligence against their main adversary, which is now the AFD, this uh, right-wing opposition party with 37%. That's huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's uh, They are on par with the Christian Democrats. The Christian Democrats were the ones who went into court to have this uh, verdict, and they managed to get it. So they're disrupting it there. But now what happens is that um, we are told that it's a very dangerous situation because we have something like a neo-Nazi situation again, uh, unless people stop to vote for this, <laughs> for this party, which is, um, which is handling the competition situation, the political competition situation in a way that is, I think, completely unfair. On the other side, it has to be said that if you look into the program of the AFD, uh, they are not the ones who will give hand out money to the farmers. In their program, it says that all subsidies will be cancelled. So they just ride on the wave of this protest now. But uh, they don't, uh, they simply are, they would be a vote because everybody is disappointed. Uh, it's not really that it uh, probably it, it wouldn't change too much for, for the farmers. But the situation in Germany in general is that there's high discontent very high discontent with the government. It won't survive the next election. Would a lot of that be um, with immigration as well after An Angela Merkel bringing in so many? Yes, I mean, that's a, there's a whole array. This is also interesting because uh, the second most popular politician in, in Germany, Sarah Wagenknecht, is from the left party. But uh, she said that the left party was very much pro-immigration. They go uh, at it from a, let's say, moral point of view that uh, those people should be uh, taken into Germany to give them a home, very much like in Sweden, where this problem is similar. They yeah. uh, Sweden had uh, had uh, has uh, uh, 10 million inhabitants and now 1 million refugees, which is a little bit much, really, to digest it in the social in the social fabric of a society. And um, Angela Merkel took that in. So that's also, I mean, we have... Uh, we have the highest amount of uh, of Ukrainian refugees um, uh, in in Europe went to Germany, and they are, they get a lot of money, and then also we have refugees from the from the Arab countries, and uh, it was told to us that it would be beneficial because Germany is an aging society. Uh, we're lacking workforce and young people, but these people are not really workforce. Most of them are <laughs> yes. on the. <laughs> Yeah, they have to be paid by the state. So this is discontent in the uh, in, in Germany with that. And then on the other hand, you see, we had uh, 4 billion should have gone to Ukraine for weapons. And they doubled that in the situation where they shut down the money for the German population. They will give now 8 billion to Ukraine. In That's the unbelievable, war isn't it? That is unbelievable is, that they would do that. It is. So there, there you see, together with the reason that it's not a non-topic. The Nord Stream pipeline was a non-topic. Only when Simo Hersch came out with this article, we were suddenly told that this is not true. It's very similar for me. It's uh, I'm I'm a little bit uh, above in the JFK murder. It's an interesting part. And then whenever somebody got close to the truth in the JFK murder, which is there was a conspiracy and the CIA was involved and it used 
it used uh, uh, Cuban exiles and it used the mafia. That is basically the structure. Um, if anybody wants to know, listen to the podcast of Rob Reiner. Uh, um, he marvelous job, yeah, uh, getting ahead. But the point was, whenever somebody got close to the truth, they came up with another story. Suddenly, it was the Cubans, or uh, so yep. it was popping up. So the public would say, "Oh, they're talking about so many different causes. We don't know what's true." And this is the same what they did with uh, with uh, Nord Stream. But that is one, hey, the, one of the Dirk, core reasons why the hosting started. Yeah. Dirk, we've got about five seconds, mate. I have to go. Dirk Pullman, I thank you so much. I could listen to you all day. Everybody, I'll be back this time tomorrow. This is TNT.